We've been in a series that we started a couple of Sundays ago called Promised Land Questions. Promised Land Questions. And we're looking at a part of the journey of Israel when they left Egypt and they began their journey into the Promised Land. I'm going to be reading from just a moment beginning in 1 Corinthians 10. If you've got a Bible or you've got an app there and you want to follow along, 1 Corinthians 10. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We'll have the verses on the screen. We're going to look at several passages of Scripture today, and I'm going to move quickly. But I want to talk about an aspect of this journey that we can learn from. If you remember, and I won't take time to go back and reteach it, if you've missed the last two weeks or either one of the last two weeks, each week is important. It's building So if you would, take the time to go back and hear what we've been saying the last couple of weeks about our journey from the land of bondage, the land of sin, on our way to living the life of purpose and promise that Jesus promised to us. Jesus said that he's come that we might have life and have it more abundantly. So we're answering questions and we're asking questions in this series about how do I enter into all of the life that God has planned for me? You know, this morning as I begin, let let me start with the question. I want you to think about this. God delivers Israel miraculously from Egypt. They start this journey. He opens up the Red Sea and leads them across on dry ground. He drowns the enemy in the same waters. He leads them to a new place day by day. And as God leads them, he begins to work miracles. He gives them manna, food, every night. When they got up in the morning, coming of the dew, there was food to eat. When they didn't have water, he gave them water from a rock. One miracle after a miracle. He even led them into battle and gave them a miraculous victory that they couldn't have have ever accomplished in their own strength. But God begins to work miracles on their journey. And the question I want to ask today as I open this message is, what was God trying to accomplish on this journey? What was God trying to accomplish on this journey? If we're on a journey to leave the old life and enter into all the blessings and the promised land of God for our lives, what is God trying to accomplish in us? You see, we understand that they left Egypt and they had a distance to travel to the promised land. We understand that God led them in a particular path in a particular direction for a particular reason. But why this wilderness journey? What was God trying to accomplish during the journey from Egypt into the promised land? I want to read this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I want to read the first four verses, not the first five, just the first four verses. Let's begin at verse 1. Because Paul addresses this topic of Israel in the wilderness, in the Old Testament. Here's what he says. Moreover, brethren... I do not want you to be unaware that all our fathers, he's speaking of spiritual fathers, all of our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea. Verse 2, all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Verse 3, all ate the same spiritual food. Notice those words. They ate the same spiritual food verse 4 and they all drank the same spiritual drink for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was christ 
Interesting words. In this passage of scripture, Paul uses the word spiritual, which, is attaches, which attaches things to the work of the Spirit of God, which means there's a spiritual purpose to what God has been doing. You see, while God was doing something physical for them, delivering them from captivity, opening up the Red Sea and leading them across, drowning the enemy, giving them physical food, giving them physical water. At the same time, they were drinking in spiritual things that God was sending their way. He was doing something physical for them, but he was trying to do something spiritual in them. I want those words to sink in. I'm going to move slowly for a couple of minutes in this introduction because I want to make sure we get on the same page as I begin because if we miss this opening, we miss the entire intent of the rest of this message. This was not just a physical journey. This was also a spiritual journey. Let me bring it down to home this way. As we're on our journey with God, we're not just on a physical journey. We're also on a spiritual journey. And we need to be able to see things through the eyes of God's Spirit. You know, sometimes in life, I think it's really easy to lose sight of the fact that when God does something amazing in my life, it has a spiritual purpose. Sometimes all I see is the physical purpose. And while God is doing something for me, he's also trying to do something in me that will draw me closer to him and help build my relationship with him. But oftentimes, all I see is the physical aspect of God's goodness, and I just say, thank you for the good thing, thank you for the physical thing. And I run down the road, and I never understand the lesson he's trying to teach me about spiritual things. We are spirit beings. God is a spirit. And while God may do physical things for us, he's also trying to teach us spiritual things on our journey. You see, Jesus talked about this with Nicodemus, John chapter 3. Nicodemus was a religious leader among the Jews, and Jesus told him in a very frank conversation, he said, Nicodemus, you may be a religious leader, but you need to be born again. And literally in the original writings, he said, you need to be born of the Spirit. You may know religious things between your ears, but you don't understand how God's Spirit is at work. You see, we can have a knowledge about Scripture. We can have a lot of theology and a lot of doctrine in our heads and still not open our hearts to the spiritual things that God's trying to do in our lives. It's quiet in here this morning. That's okay. That's okay. You see, as Israel began their journey, the enemy pursued and when the enemy began to pursue them, something interesting happened. When they left Egypt and they faced the Red Sea, all of a sudden, when they look over their shoulders, they see the armies of, of Egypt pursuing and they see Pharaoh's cohorts coming after them. There's a cloud that appears over them and begins to settle not just over them, but begins to move around them. This cloud that pursued, what do we learn from that? What can we know about that? Well, in the introduction of my message, this cloud, which by daytime was simply a cloud, but when it got dark and they couldn't see the cloud, this cloud became a pillar of fire. This cloud, this fire, 
symbolic of God's Spirit. See, something that we need to understand about God, and I'm, I'm not trying to be uh, deep and try to get down the road and try to impress anybody with what I might know about theology. I'm talking about Bible doctrine, not ideas of men. But here's what we know about God. God's a triune being. Father, Son, and Spirit. There aren't three gods. There's only one God, but he has three aspects to his being. Now, we've been trying for centuries to get our heads around that. Interesting thing is, while we try so hard and we fail so miserably, we overlook the fact that you and I are made in the likeness and image of God, and we are three-part beings. We are spirit. We have a soul, which is mind, will, and emotions. And we live in a body. And some way, somehow, even though we will never fully understand how God can be Father, Son, and Spirit and be one, we know one thing for sure. Jesus said God is a spirit and those who worship him, those who walk with him, those who know him will know him in spirit and in truth. Not just knowledge, but we will have a relationship with God where we learn the working of his spirit because God is a spirit. Now, having said this this morning, one quick example of this. Have you ever wondered how God is everywhere at one time? Have you ever thought about that? See, the, Satan can't do that. He can't be everywhere at once, but, but God can. God is everywhere at once. Have you ever thought about the fact that God knows everything going on in your life and the person sitting next to you and the person behind you, every person in this building, Every person on the planet, God knows what's going on in our lives. How does God do all of this? It's because God is a spirit. He's everywhere at once and he knows all things. That's one of those things we can't get our minds around because we, we are limited. We are finite and he is infinite in his power. But God in his working, when he leads Israel out of bondage, he sends this cloud to work on their behalf. And today... I want to talk for just a few minutes about four things that we can expect from God on this journey. How many, how many have got your heart set? You're going to walk with God your entire life and you're going to step right into eternity. How many have got your mind set? You want to experience all that God has for you. We're on our way to our promised land. Okay, here we go. Number one, we're going to look at Exodus chapter 14. Exodus chapter 14. Like I told you, we're going to look at several verses today, but I'm going to move quickly. Four things I want you to see from Scripture today. Exodus 14, we're going to start at verse 19. And the angel of God, who went before the camp of Israel, moved and went behind them. Now notice this. Scripture speaks of the angel of God, the one who was going before them, preparing the way. The angel of God that went before them suddenly went behind them. When when Egypt's armies were pursuing, when Pharaoh changed his mind and sent the armies to bring them back, the angel of God that was leading them stopped and came behind them and set up a wall and said, no, you're not coming in here. You're not taking them back into bondage. You're not going to do that. Notice what it says. And the pillar of cloud went from before them and stood behind them. Now, point number one in this message one of the things we can expect the Spirit of God to do in our lives is God's Spirit will separate us from the enemy. 
God's spirit will separate us from the enemy. I think sometimes we overlook the fact that, you know, the New Testament says Christ is our Passover. He's the one that releases us from the land of bondage. But in order to get out of the land of bondage, Israel had to get up and walk out of bondage. God didn't send a 747 to carry them out. He didn't send a bus. They had to get up and walk out of bondage. You and I have to choose to believe God, follow him, and walk out of bondage. But once we start taking those steps, one of the things that happens is the Spirit of God begins to work on our behalf, and it separates us from the enemy. It puts a wall there, and God says, nope, they're my child now. You have no longer dominion and power and authority over their lives. You cannot hold them in bondage. They're going on a journey to a better place the spirit of god does that on our behalf now verse number 20 so the the cloud came between the camp of the egyptians and the camp of israel and thus it was a cloud in darkness to the one and it gave light by night to the other so that one did not come near the other all night and in this first point, there's a second thing that happens here. Not only does the Spirit of God come into our lives and begin to work to separate us from the old life, He also comes to protect us from the old life coming back upon us. See, the only way you have to go back into bondage is if you choose to turn around and walk back to Egypt. That is good. They have a Bible scholar in the house. That's good. That's good. I choose to walk out of the old life into the new life. I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. Too many people spend their whole lives with God thinking about the old life. Forget about the old life. That's not our life any longer. Forget about what he's delivered us from and start focusing on what he's delivered us into. It's a better life. It's a life of blessing and promise. This is the life we want to live. This is the one. This is the one. Now, skip down to, to verse 24. Now it came to pass in the morning watch that the Lord looked down upon the army of the Egyptians through the pillar of fire and cloud and he troubled the army of the Egyptians. Isn't this interesting? The cloud comes down. God looks down through the cloud, through his spirit, and he sees the army of the Egyptians. And what does he do? He causes their wheels to start locking up and he stops them right in the middle of the Red Sea just before he drops the waters back on them. Let me tell you something. That's God's intention for you and me. That he not only comes in and separates us from the old life, he leads us into a new life and his spirit comes in and enforces his will against the enemy and tells the enemy you cannot take them back into bondage. They're going to a better place. And see, we need to understand that the spirit of God releases us from sin and begins to change us. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 tells us that. He releases us from sin. He releases us from the bondage of the old life. And then he begins to change us as we walk out of the old life and we walk into the new life. Now, I know sometimes people get intimidated. Because you get around church people. And you, know, you say, well, I'm, I'm back here in my journey. I've left, I've left Egypt and I've just gone through this thing and, and I'm starting to follow God and I'm right here. And we look down the road and hear these people who are 10 miles down the road ahead of us and we begin to listen to them talk and sometimes we get intimidated and we think, oh my gosh, I'll never get there. Yes, you will. Yes, you will. 
But how do you get from here to there? You get from here to there one day at a time, one step at a time, following God, letting him lead you into what's next. Don't worry about everybody else in their journey. Just stay in your relationship with God and let him lead you in your journey. You can't control anybody else's life. Walk with God and let God be big in your life. He releases us from sin and then he begins to change us one day at a time. Romans chapter 8, verse 15 says that God's Spirit releases us, frees us from the fear of the past. We don't have to think the way we used to think. We don't have to be afraid of things the way we used to be afraid of things. Why? Because God's working on our behalf. He's looking down through the cloud and he's putting the enemy in his place. And we're always worried about the enemy. Quit worrying about the enemy. God will deal with the enemy. Just trust God and keep walking with him. He knows how to take care of stuff. God has not given us the spirit of fear. He's not given us a spirit of bondage to go back into fear. He's given us the spirit of adoption that we realize we're the sons and the daughters of God. He's going to take good care of his family. Just keep walking with him and just keep trusting him. One step further. Jesus promised, John chapter 14. Jesus promised that when the spirit of God came into our lives, he promised, he said, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to rest upon you. And to live within you. When the Spirit of God comes into our lives, Jesus said, He's going to abide with you forever. I experience the Passover. I get freed from bondage. I start my journey. The Spirit of God is there. The enemy comes after me. The Spirit of God is there to protect me and, se and separate me from the past. Every day that I walk with God, the Spirit of God is there. The Spirit of God is there. He's going to be there forever. See, I think sometimes we have this mindset that says, well, he comes and goes, he comes and goes. He doesn't come and go. We may sense him more often than other, than more, more strongly on some occasions, but he doesn't come and go. He lives, he abides in us. He's given us this new life, and he wants to lead us into the fullness of that new life. And as Israel started their journey, the cloud was always there. God's Spirit was always there. And in our lives, God's Spirit is always going to be there. Jesus said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'm with you to the end of this age, to the end of this part of the journey. I'm there. So don't worry about it. Just keep walking with me. Number two, the second thing I want to show you. Look at Numbers chapter 9. We're going to move around a little bit, but I want you to see this. Numbers chapter 9. We'll start in verse 20. So it was when the cloud was above the tabernacle for a few days, according to the command of the Lord, they would remain encamped. And according to the command of the Lord, they would journey. See, all of a sudden you see a nation moving as God leads them. Skip to verse 22. Whether it was two days, a month, or a year that the cloud remained above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would remain encamped and not journey. But when it was taken up, they would journey. At the command of the Lord, they remained encamped, and at the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept the charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. So what do we see in this picture? 
This cloud comes along. By daytime, Israel looks up, and this cloud is there. Nighttime comes, they look up, and the cloud becomes fire, and it's always there, 24 hours a day. And they would stay right there because this presence of God, this cloud, the Spirit of God would rest above the tabernacle. You see, when they, when they set up camp, they set up the tabernacle in the center of camp, and then they had an orderly arrangement as to how the tribes would meet and set up their tents all the way around the tabernacle. But from time to time, that cloud would start moving. And when the cloud began to move, Israel would pack up their tents, they would fall into line according to God's order, and they would follow the leading of the cloud. Number two, the second thing that we need to understand about God and this journey is that God's Spirit will lead us. God's Spirit will lead us. Have you ever felt lost? Have you ever felt like, where in the world am I and where in the world am I going? I know Israel felt that way sometimes. Have you ever felt that way? Let me give you a little encouragement today. God's Spirit will lead you forward from here. I don't care where you are. See, David the psalmist said, if I ascend to the highest heights, he's there. Or if I have to make my bed in hell, he'll be there as well. You may look at your circumstances today and say, well, where is God? He's right there. Just trust him. Get your eyes off the circumstances. Put your trust in God and let him lead you forward from here. Because the Spirit of God wants to lead us. Romans chapter 8, I mentioned Romans 8 a few minutes ago, verses 14 to 17. It tells us in there, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. God wants us to know as his sons, as his daughters, as his children, he will send his Spirit to lead us. It rests in our lives to lead us. The Spirit of God isn't there to make you smell good on Sundays when you go to church. The Spirit of God isn't just there so you can go to work and say, well, the Spirit of God rests on me. That's not what it's about. The Spirit of God is there to do a lot of things, and one of the things is He's there to lead you forward from where you are right now. God wants us to learn to be led by His Spirit. Now, here, here's, here's what I found. It's pretty easy to follow physical signs. You pull up to an intersection, there's a stoplight. Pull up to a, an intersection, there's a stop sign. Red, green, yellow. You see merge signs. You see all these signs on the road. It's pretty easy to travel when somebody's giving you signs telling you this is what you do. You see these physical signs. But we learned how to follow those signs. In the same way, we learn how to recognize the voice of the Spirit and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And the way we learn is right where we are. Surrender our hearts and start following him. And we learn day by day by day. God wants us to learn to be led by his spirit. You know, it, it's interesting in Exodus 19, on one occasion, I mentioned this last week, God spoke out of that cloud in an audible voice where the whole nation of Israel heard the voice of God and it terrified a lot of them, but it also helped them understand this is God working here. Moses is listening to God. When he goes and gets alone with God, he's hearing from God. We have heard his voice. God wants us to learn to recognize his voice. But here's the thing with us. God speaks by his spirit. 
I want to read for you from John chapter 16. Here's what Jesus said. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. He's speaking of the Holy Spirit, called the spirit of truth. He will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Did you know sometimes God will even let you know by his spirit what's coming next? He gives you information in advance. Verse 14. Jesus said, he, the Spirit, will glorify me. He will take of what is mine, and he will declare it to you. How many of you think that Jesus knows everything you need to know about your future? You believe that? I know some of you don't. Some of you don't believe it because your arms aren't up. You get your hands up if you believe it. I believe Jesus knows everything I need to know about the future. Jesus said the Spirit of God takes what he knows about the future, and he brings me the things that I need to know. So I need to learn to recognize his voice. You know, if you study scripture, the Bible teaches that God leads and he speaks in a lot of different ways. Sometimes he speaks straight from his word. But it's the Holy Spirit that makes his word come alive. Scripture says this word is God breathed. It's spirit inspired. And when I read this book, it's the Holy Spirit speaking to me, trying to give me information, understanding that I need for my future, trying to lead me forward from where I am. He speaks by his word. If you study scripture, did you know that God also speaks through dreams? Some of you don't believe that, but he does. Did you know Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, had at least four dreams that gave him direction for what to do when Jesus was coming and when, after he had arrived? God speaks through dreams. It's all throughout Scripture. God will speak through visions. Throughout Scripture, we see stories of God giving people visions about what was coming and what they needed to do. We also find in Scripture that sometimes God speaks in a voice that people hear and understand. God has conversations with people. Have you ever had a conversation with God? I've had a few. I may have one after service today if y'all don't wake up here in the next few minutes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm joking. I'm, it's a moment of levity. But see, God has conversations with people. And I've heard people say, man, I heard the voice of God. Can I tell you something? I've never heard an audible voice, but there's been times when God said something so clearly inside of me that I couldn't mistake who was speaking. God will speak to us in different ways. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will give us impressions. We'll just know in our spirit, this is what I need to do next. This is the direction I need to go. In the New Testament, there were occasions when the church leaders said, it seemed good to us and to the Holy Spirit. We were impressed by the Spirit of God. This is a good thing to do. It makes sense. And they did it. Did you know sometimes God will speak to inspired people? Do you know the Holy Spirit sometimes may inspire people? To give you a word of encouragement, word of direction that will help you? Sure. That's the Spirit of God speaking to us, leading us. God even speaks sometimes through angelic messengers. You see it all throughout Scripture. But here's the thing. We get so caught up. Oh, if I could just see an angel. Oh, if I could just hear the voice of God like Israel did in the cloud. Did you ever stop to realize that maybe God wants to teach you to just learn to trust him, believe what his word says, and then let the spirit drop into your spirit what you need to know when you need to know it? See, Paul wrote about 
challenges in the New Testament church. And he said, you know, one of the challenges is the Jews, they just want signs, sign, sign, sign. Give me a sign, give me a sign, give me a sign. Jesus dealt with the Jews continually. Give me a sign, give me a sign. Prove your power, give me a sign. You know, we need to quit living in this attitude. Give me a sign, give me a sign. I need a sign to chase. Can we not trust God in the leading of his spirit? Because God knows how to get us from point A to point Z. So let's just keep going. B, C, D, E, F, G. And let's let God lead us where he needs us to go. He knows where he's going. And I got to move quickly. We, we took a few minutes out of service for our, our graduation today. I'm going to be mindful of your time, but I want to move quickly. But I got to tell you something. In my personal life, there are times when God will speak to me and it'll be a word or a phrase. It just drops in my spirit and I know this is God. And I'll pray over it and say, God, what does this mean? How do I understand this? What are you saying to me? Sometimes God will impress something in me and I just know there's an impression here. God's given me this. I need to figure out where this fits and how it fits. That's the leading of God's spirit. Oftentimes God speaks to me as he spoke to Elijah in the Old Testament. It's just a still small voice. But I don't hear it here, I hear it here. And I understand it's the voice of God. And then sometimes God just leads by his peace that I just know in my heart, I have a peace. This is the direction to go. God also leads us by his peace. But we need to learn to recognize and follow the Lord's direction. It's interesting in this passage of scripture, it says that when the cloud moved, Israel understood that as this is God's command for us to move. Can you imagine what might happen in our lives if every time the Holy Spirit spoke to us and dropped something in our hearts, if we got up and went and received it as the command of the Lord? Instead of arguing with God, anybody argue with, ever argue with God? Oh, no, I don't want to do that. Oh, God, that doesn't make sense. God wants to lead us by His Spirit. You know, it's interesting that this cloud would rest above the tabernacle. When Israel was not traveling, when the cloud got still, they put the tabernacle up and the cloud would sit right over the tabernacle. The tabernacle was the place where God met with men. One of the reasons we don't sense God's spirit, one of the reasons why we don't hear God's spirit is because we don't take time out of our lives to listen to God and meet with God. This is really good. Scott, I thought you'd say amen again. But <laughs> See, if I make room to hear God, he'll speak to me. If there's something I need to know, he'll, he'll tell me. If I'm on track, he may not say anything. Just encourage me. Stay where you are. Keep moving forward. Keep following me. And you know, Psalms 23, I, I love the 23rd Psalm. But what we learn from the 23rd Psalm is God is going to lead us to all the right places. Can I comfort your heart today? God is not going to lead you to a wrong place. He's not going to do that. He's not going to lead you to a place of disaster. He's going to lead you to a place of blessing and victory. There may be battles along the way. The enemy may try to turn you around. He may try to bring resistance against you. But God is not leading you there to defeat you. He's leading you to a better place. And he will give you victory over the enemy who's trying to get you from going where God's leading you. So trust God and keep going. He wants to re lead you to all the right places. Number three. And some of you are saying, wow. You only got through two. The last two are really fast, okay? So stay with me. 
Number three, look at Exodus 16, verse 10. Now it came to pass, <clears throat> as Aaron spoke to the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. The glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. It would probably been, have been intriguing that day to be among the people of Israel, to be on the beginning part of this journey and to look out into the wilderness and they see this cloud sitting there leading them forward and all of a sudden there's just something unique and special about that cloud. They see the glory of God. They see the essence of who God is and what God is in that cloud. And they recognize God's with us. One of the things that God wants us to realize is when His Spirit works in our lives, His unique presence is there working in His Spirit. See, Israel learned God is unique. There's nobody like Him. That's why last week we talked about it. God said, I am God. I'm the only God. There is none other. Worship me and let me be your God. There's nobody else but me. Israel saw the glory of God in this cloud. And, you know, I think sometimes on our journey, we lose sight of the fact that God is God and there is nobody like him. There are so many voices in our world today, so many people screaming for our attention, so many people trying to tell us what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And that should, I should have got a big amen right there. So many voices and yet the one voice that I need to be aware of is the voice of God. Why? Because God is unique. There's nobody like him. He's got all the answers and he knows where to go from here. There's nobody with whom he can even be compared. His glory, the essence of who he is and what he is, his presence, his unique nature, there is nobody like him. So why in the world would I want to listen to other voices that try to pull me away from his leading? You see... God's unique nature is found in the working of His Spirit. God reveals His unique nature through the working of His Spirit. And, you know, sometimes in the name of God, people do weird things. Have you ever known somebody do something weird in the name of God? You know, I've known some people who've done some weird things. You know, God doesn't do weird things, but God does do unique things. God does some unique things. God does things that nobody else can do. God inspires us to do things that nobody else would inspire us to do. And sometimes God unique, God's uniqueness comes to us by His Spirit, and because it's not the norm of days gone by, we kind of turn our backs and say, well, no, 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 that's not for me because this is how God works. Let me tell you something. God is a God of new things. He can do new things if He wants to. God is not bound to keep repeating the past over and over and over again. God is the God of new things. And God wants to lead us into new things. But we need to understand that God's glory, His presence is unique. And we need to let Him reveal His unique nature in our lives. We talked about being changed. This is what I was when I was in Egypt. This is what I am today. Why? Why? Because God's Spirit 
is developing his nature and his glory in me. He is the one who's changing me. See, Colossians 1.27 tells us that. God's working to reveal his nature in us. It's Christ in us that brings the hope of glory, of seeing God's handwork in our lives, of seeing God's unique glory and presence. It's the Spirit of God that brings that into our lives. But then he also says in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that God is working continually to develop more of God's nature in us from level to level, from place to place. He's continually doing more things in my life by His Spirit, developing more of Himself in me. Can I say it this way? Every day that I live, every month, every year that goes by, people should be able to see more of God's nature in me than they did the year before. You know, if I was ornery, I would stop and preach right here. Now, I'm, I'm out of time. i got to really hurry. You know, there are a lot of us, we've put, our, we've put our faith, we've put our walk with God on hold the last year and a half. And we've let all kinds of voices bring us into fear, bring us into all this stuff. We've been listening to every voice there is. The voice we need to listen to is the voice of God, the voice that speaks right here, the voice that speaks out of the cloud, the leading of the Spirit of God. That's what we need to be listening to. He's the one that knows the way forward. And I know that probably upset somebody, but you'll get over it for next Sunday, okay? <laughs> but God's trying to grow me and mature me on this journey. Because God's Spirit reveals His unique nature. Then number four, the last thing. I'm almost finished. Numbers chapter 10. This will be really quick, but I love this. I love this fourth thing. Numbers chapter 10, verse 35. So it was whenever the ark set out. In other words, when the, when the cloud moved, the priests picked up the ark and they began to lead the people forward. Whenever the ark set out, that Moses would say, Rise up, O Lord. Let your enemies be scattered and let those who hate you flee from before you. Verse 36. When it rested, when the cloud stopped moving and the, rest, the ark rested and they set up camp, Moses would say, return, O Lord, to the many thousands of Israel. This fourth principle, so simple, but it's so clear. Did you know God's spirit wants to encourage us and inspire us? I could teach all morning on this. God's spirit wants to encourage us and inspire us. Did you know that God's spirit wants to establish our mindsets? Let me tell you how life goes. If you want to walk with God, here's how life goes. We read about it. Sometimes God leads you to a place for a day or two or a week or a month or a year. And then sometimes God says, it's time to move. And when the Spirit says move, I need to move. See, I think sometimes on our journey, we get set, oh, I like it here, so I'm just going to stay right here. God says, time to move. Nope. Or sometimes we get discontented, and we want to move. I don't like it here. I'm going to move. I'm going to go. I'm gonna, I don't like this. I don't, I'm going to run. And we start running down the road, and God's saying, wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, whoa, slow down. I'm still here. I'm still here. See, two mindsets. Number one, 
When God begins to move, we need to get to our feet and say, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. I don't care what giant comes my way. I'm going to run over him in Jesus' name. I'm going to keep going forward. God has more for me on the road than I'm traveling. We need to rise up in faith. We need to rise up and say, I'm going to follow God and I will be victorious. But then when God doesn't move and the Spirit says, stay right here, I need to be content to let God do a work in me while I'm resting. See, some of us want to run down the road and some of us don't want to move at all. There's a balance to the two. When God's Spirit leads, I need to move. When God's Spirit rests, I need to stay right there and let God work in me because he knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. See, when God's Spirit rests, so should I. So should I. I'm out of time, so let me close with this question. You've listened to this today, these four things I've talked about. God's Spirit will separate us and protect us from the enemy. God's Spirit will lead us. God's Spirit will reveal His unique nature. God's Spirit will encourage me and inspire me. Maybe your question today is, well, how can I experience these things? How can I experience all of this? I've learned through the years, it becomes a matter of the heart. David was a man after God's own heart. Even though he had failures and made some major mistakes, he was a man after God's own heart. Because his heart was right, God led him. God worked through him. God worked for him. Can I tell you something? If I have an honest, sincere heart for God and I lay everything else down and let him be my God and ask him to work in my life by his spirit, God will do it. If I want to learn the ways of God, he will teach me his ways. If that's my heart. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads this morning. Because I really do believe this is a matter of the heart moment. It's one of those moments when you may be saying, well, why, why is God not directing me and leading me? And why is God not doing this? And why is God not doing that? I want to ask you this morning, can you just take a moment and check your heart? Lay down all of your agendas and all of your dreams and goals and just say, God, I want what you have for my life. See, God has better plans for you than you have for yourself. Just take a moment and say, God, check my heart. See if my will is interfering with your will. And if it is, show me where. Show me how. If I'm a control freak and I want to control everything, it's going to interfere with your will. Show me that, Father. If I'm fearful and I'm afraid to follow, show me that so I can overcome that fear. Whatever it is. If I've been given bad information and I believe things that are not even true, God, change my heart, change my mind. Free me to follow you. Father, I pray right now for every person in this room, every person watching online today. Right now, we would have a moment with you as your spirit rests above this tabernacle, this place of meeting with you, that your spirit would touch our hearts and open up our spiritual eyes. Help us to see what you see. 
Help us to look beyond the natural thinking of man and our, our natural shortcomings and help us hear and see what you have to say about our situations, about where we go from here. Most of all, Father, we open our hearts to the working of your Spirit. We want to be led by you. We want to be freed from the past. We want to see your neat power work in our lives. Father, we want you to encourage us and inspire us every single day. Lead me by your Spirit, in Jesus' name. One last thing while heads are still bowed. Maybe you've listened to this online or maybe you're in the building and maybe you've heard this and you've thought, well, that, that, that all sounds really interesting, but I don't know God. I'm, I'm not in relationship. I can't say I'm his son or his daughter. I've never really accepted him into my life. I've never asked for his help. I've never surrendered my life to him. I've never asked to be led by him. I'll tell you this morning, God loves you so much. He put his own son on a cross to pay for your sins to move them out of the way so that you could come into his family and be his child. And today, perhaps he's knocking on the door of your heart and he's extending his grace to you. He wants you to become his child today, to be, be a child of God just as much as anybody else in this room. A full-fledged child of God in the family of God. Maybe he's knocking on the door of your heart, but he cannot bring you into the family until you invite him and accept him into your heart and your life. It all begins with a prayer. It all starts with me opening my heart and saying, God, I need you. I want to lead you in a prayer right now. I'm going to ask everybody here, pray this prayer with me. Everybody, if you're online, pray it right there where you are, right out loud. Pray this prayer. Say, God, I need you. I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I accept Jesus as my Savior. I choose Jesus to become the Lord of my life. Teach me your ways. I want to follow you. Get involved in my life. Lead me and direct me. I believe you have plans for my life that are better than my plans. So I open my heart to you. From this day forward, you're my father. I'm your child. Thank you. Amen. Amen. If you prayed that prayer this morning, it's the most important prayer you ever pray in your entire life. If you mean it from your heart, I promise you, God will respond to it. But it's not the end of the journey. It's just the beginning. It's the first step out of Egypt. We've got a little tool, a little gift we want to give you today called the next seven days. If you're watching online, we'll give you information how you can get it. We want to give it to you, no strings attached. In just a moment, when service is over, we'll have prayer teams on each side of the building down front. They're here to pray with anyone for any need. But if you just walk up to one of those teams and say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you right there, no strings attached. If you've got questions, they can answer questions. If you want prayer for something while you're there, they can pray with you. If you just want to get it and go, that's fine. We want to congratulate you on your decision today and welcome you into God's family. If you're in a really big rush, as you leave the building in the glass doors in the lobby, right in the middle, there's a counter set up there. You can walk by and ask for the same booklet there. Just say, can I get the booklet? They'll give it to you there. No strings attached. We simply want to help you get started walking with God. If you're watching online, there are instructions on the screen how we can get an electronic copy of this booklet to you. We'd love to get it to you. Please let us help you start your journey with God. Can we welcome new believers into God's family today? Amen. Amen.
Well, last thing this morning, and I have gone long. We don't normally have church quite this long, but we had some special things happening today. Uh, I want to say one thing. I want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. We always have on the screen the different ways that you can give. Most people give electronically or through their bank accounts electronically today. But if you want to give in the building, there are offering stations right there as you exit this auditorium on each side of those first set of doors. There's also an offering giving station out in the children's check-in area on the counter there. You can give there if you want to give a gift in-house today. The envelopes are right there on the back of your chairs. I just want to say thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. We're reaching our community. We're touching different parts of the world because of your faithfulness and your giving today. So thank you so much. I know God's promised to bless you for your giving, and he will. Hey, have you enjoyed being in church today? Thank you so much. We love you guys. Stand to your feet. Make your way out. Have a great, great Sunday.